0: You're tuned in to CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. Thank you for joining us for Mental Health. Let's Talk About It. I'm Charlene Pickram, your host and owner of Pick Empowerment. I want to thank our worldwide listeners for tuning in. And this evening, I have a very unique and special guest in the studio with me. And that is Donalda MacIsaac, who has a wealth of experiential learning that she is hoping to use to help her in a uh, position as MLA at Sackville Cobbacud. And so, welcome, Donalda.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. So, Donalda, you have been an avid volunteer um, in Sackville. Can you give our listeners kind of a rundown of? All of the different organizations and events that you have been a part of that will provide you with a unique perspective on the needs of our community members.
1: Well, I've been here for 22 years. Uh, Coming from the city to SACFA was quite an experience for me. Uh, My daughter started school here, and so when she was in grade primary... I figured this was the best way to get to know my community. Mm -hmm. And school was the safest place to start. And so that's where I started at school. I started going on all the school trips, being involved in different things in school. So really, from her grade primary to her grade 12, I stayed active in the school uh, system. I stayed on the SACs, the school advisory councils. I did that for... 12 years uh, between um, the elementary, junior high, and high school, because part of that time was spent as a community rep, Mm -hmm. co-chaired on uh, both the um, elementary and junior high levels. Very interesting was part of the discipline committees and things like that. Um, then I joined the health board while I was still doing that. I was also involved with the um, Cawood community health Board was on the health board for six years. Mm. Uh, also plan the um, help plan the partners group, which is an umbrella group that brings together different organizations. If I can go back just a second to the uh, health board. Yeah, health boards are very important um, within our communities, and so the Cagut Health Board. Uh, was going through some struggles and be, had to be brought up to uh, a place where it could function in the community, and it did. And through that, I was so privileged to be able to give out grants every year. So you get wellness grants, uh, $30,000 to $40,000 the boards receive, and they can hand it out within community. That was great. Also on the health board, which this is like my absolute total, total (laughs) excitement. Um, I was so fortunate to help co-find a diversity bursary in healthcare Mm. In 2011, uh, Capital Health at that time did a survey within their own um, organization. And the survey came back to say that they found their workforce too white, there wasn't enough diversity in there. And so this bursary was birthed um, in 15 to help Students who are in any kind of a healthcare career, yes, uh, at school planning for a healthcare career, they will get a thousand dollar bursary if they're chosen, and it would help them in their field. And so it was for African Nova Scotians, Aboriginals, persons with disabilities, and immigrants. This year, uh, the um, QE2 Foundation has taken over the bursary, and they've included a new group. Which is the um, transgender community. And so this is a fantastic uh, bursary. I love it. I love Mm -hmm. everything about it. It impacts people's lives. The students are excited. However, what makes us different from anybody else out there who gives out bursaries and grants? We celebrate. Yes. So we hold a celebration and let those students realize how important they are. Mm. And some of them, um you start out with an idea of celebrating without realizing the impact it's going to have mm-hmm. and some of those students have never been celebrated in their lives and so that really you mm-hmm. can tell is kind of what yeah. <laughs> i
0: well it, to Donald it lets them know that they have support in their communities that's right,
1: that's right. and we drum them in yeah we serve cake May not be healthy, but we serve cake <laughs> and uh, we have balloons. I mean, it's a real celebration, I and mean, they bring their family and their friends, and mm-hmm. so that's something that's been really exciting for me. Right now, I'm part of the patient family advisor team on the uh, from QE2, and this one is um, pathology and medicine, mm. and it's a provincial council, which I'm pretty excited about. I wasn't excited when someone asked me about a lab, but <laughs> actually I got really excited and involved into it, and what this is is bringing blood labs across the province up to the same standards, okay. um, and yeah, it's very interesting, and if anyone has a chance to go online to see, there's a series of very maybe five to seven minute uh, little videos on blood collection Mm. uh, and how your blood should be taken. whole new eye-opening experience for me. The do's and don'ts in the labs and when people are taking your blood and how the blood um, goes from point A to point B. I was just like a kid when I went into that place at the McKenzie building. I tell you the top of that building is unreal. It looks like you've entered into this mini train station. Really, and oh it's just it's amazing it's amazing how blood from the time it's taken from your body and how it's processed, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm also still part right now of the um, transportation and cannabis committees uh, through the health board. I thought it was really important that the health board stays connected within community yeah. oftentimes when you're around a board table, you lose touch with the people that you're really supposed to be. Um, in contact with. Yeah. So both these committees have kept board members in contact with the community, and they've opened up doors for other things. So the Public Community Health Board is very much a part of the community now. Yeah. Uh, and, and you also, always
0: say, you know, come to the table.
1: Always come to the table. The health boards are open to the public. Yeah. You know, find out when your health board meets. Uh, the Public Board meets the first Wednesday of every month. Go. Set in on a meeting. It's yours. The there's a little saying, the health boards are the eyes, ears, and voice of community. Mm. And I always say, how can you be the eyes, ears, and voice of community if you have no idea what's going on in the community? Exactly. So come in, be part of your boards, and you know it, it's a very interesting place mm. to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. And and so that's not the end of your volunteer commitments here in the Sackful H R M. Area. What else have you been involved in? Tonight? Well,
1: I'm presently involved in the Northwest Planning Advisory Committee, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, an advisory committee to City Council. That's been very interesting. I'm also a board member at the Coquit uh, Radio Society, uh, core member of the Happy Community Project. That well, that project no longer is here, but there's an interesting project that's come out of that called the Social Market, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is fantastic. And uh, the community um, happy community project. I think uh, where Sackville differs, Sackville has so many terrific things going on in its community, Mm -hmm. that it's a little bit harder. I'm also the office manager at the um, radio station, CIOE. Uh, Plan the Partners uh, Network every month, which is a fantastic organization. I encourage everybody to get involved in that. You find out the most interesting things going on in your community around that table. (laughs) And what I love about it, if I find out about it, I put it out there. I tell you. You know, um, at that table, I found some really important information uh, about um, the family pharma care program. Mm. There was very little known about that program. And we had a rep at the table and put that out there. That program, if you don't have uh, a med coverage, apply. Mm. It's open to every citizen of this province. They just don't know enough about it.
0: Yeah. And and that is part of, you know, your role, um, as a volunteer and, and you embrace that is to let people know what is available to them to assist them live well within their communities. And, and so I thank you for all of your volunteer work because I know that, you know, you have a life as well. I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You do have a life. It's not just volunteer, you know, you're, you're a mother, you're a wife, um, and
1: you you have your own challenges. I do, and I think oftentimes people take volunteers for granted. Mm-hmm. Volunteers sometimes are the very core of a lot of organizations. And I agree. Some, oftentimes, volunteers work a whole lot harder. Than actually the people who are actually getting paid.
0: Yeah, because it's internal motivation. It's not external. They're not just doing it because they're getting the money. That's right. They're doing it because
1: you want to do it.
0: You want to do it. It's your passion, it's a belief, it's a value. That's right. Um, You know, and and that's why I value the volunteers because I agree with you. Um, In many cases, many of the organizations that we have that support community would not exist without volunteers.
1: That's right. I got involved in this because, um, well, I've always been, um, you know, in my teen years, it was a little bit different. I just would find somebody that was protesting and just join the protest. Just for to do. But, you know, as I grew up, I realized it should have a little bit more meaning to it than that. But I was fortunate to come through a place called House, mm. And that uh, place way back then when I volunteered, there was amazing. Mm, it really is. was love. It was just total love. And I think that yeah. was probably one of the first places I experienced that type of an atmosphere. And that's how I ended up getting my foot in the door mm. into childcare. Uh, people don't realize, but my background was early childhood. And so I left there to... Um, raised my own family, and I don't really say it because it was so long ago, but I was back in the days when um, y- y- when you were in preschool, you went in preschool and you took the courses after you were in preschool Yes, as opposed to, this. and I can still remember, um, oh my gosh, we used to have to take the courses on the weekend, mm-hmm. and you took them through Twirls Teachers College and yes. the Mount.
0: Yes, that's and right.
1: And I can remember putting my in Charles Teachers College, and going home and telling my mom, who could not believe it. As a matter of fact, my mom never believed. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and that's so amazing
0: because I didn't know that. And you know, you and I chat quite yeah. regularly. Yeah. Um, so and- then I
1: went from that to when I, well, I was decided to stay home and raise my own children. Yeah, and opened up a little. Um, sort of like preschool-type atmosphere within my own home with six families. I had a very unique setup there. And, like, yeah, so it was amazing and went from there to moving to Lower Sackville.
0: Wow. So a background in early childhood education, um, uh, volunteering on multiple levels uh, within HRM, Mm -hmm. and... What's your next step, Donalda, now that you have have had all these experiential um, experiences and you've learned so much, how do you want to share your voice? How
1: do you want to help sackville kavikud What's the plan? Well, right now I'm running for a nomination for um, liberal MLA for the sacfel um area, and that's what I hope to get. Is that nomination. If I get the nomination, then I move forward to becoming the full candidate. And then as the full candidate, my name is on the ticket.
0: So how can we, the residents of Sackville-Caba, could support you in that, um, I guess, next step? How can we help you?
1: Well, it was a process where you need to have a lot of names. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but what would really be nice is having people there to support, you know, friendly faces when you walk in the door and people that are there for you to come up and greet you and know that you have a team in the seats would be really nice
0: so where do we need to be this saturday for us to make that happen
1: at the carpenter millwood college 1000 sackville drive i say it's the old temple baptist building Mm -hmm. um just past carnally street the registration is two to three. You need to bring a couple of pieces of ID, and the meeting is three to four. So it's only the people that are actually voting are only the people who have been pre-registered. Everybody else would be just as a support system there, which is a very important part.
0: Okay, so if people would like to contact you and register, can they still do that?
1: No, the registration closed last uh, last Friday. It did.
0: Okay. All right, so uh, that's how we can help out. If you would like to see Dinalda, you know, be nominated and uh, show your support, then you can show up this Saturday at the Carpenters Millwright College. You're listening to CIOE 97.5 FM, and this is Mental Health. Let's talk about it, and we'll be back in a moment with uh, the rest of the interview with Dinalda McIsaac. Welcome back. I'm Charlene Pickram, Mental Health Let's Talk About It's host, and let's continue talking with Dinalda McIsaac. So, Denalda, before we went on the break, we were talking about how you're in the process right now of potentially um, becoming our MLA here in Sackville, Kabakud. And so, if you... Do get this role. What exactly do you see yourself advocating for on behalf of the
1: residents? Oh, Hands down, most definitely better health care. Mm-hmm. Um, I know health is a an issue all the way across the board. But when I talk about health, I'm not trying to talk about a platform. I live this. Yeah. I know what this is like and access. As a matter of fact, last summer, way before any of this came about, I had the privilege of sitting down with the federal health minister talking about um, National PharmaCare, because nobody should be in a position where they have to decide between eating and paying for their drugs or not having their drugs. These are situations that I know better mm. access to the public, web, better utilization of that building. We have that there. These are doable goals, but more importantly, fixing the system. Mm. Not just changing bodies and changing stripes of government, but let's look at the system. Let's look at the way we've gotten ourselves into this problem Yeah, and change the thinking of how we get ourselves out of these situations. You know, there's many things, housing, youth, all these different things. And there's lots of money that's been allocated into the health care system. How much of that is going to come to the collequate? Mm -hmm. Sackville area those kinds of things but more importantly just making sure that I could do something that will impact the everyday lives of everybody living in this area yeah because really big buildings really don't mean a whole bunch Mm -hmm. if you're hungry and you can't pay for your meds or you get up in the morning and you don't have a family doctor these are real Things that affect people's lives. And those are the issues that I would. I had the opportunity to sit across from the Premier and um, talk with him because I thought it was very important that people know where I stand. I don't like anybody to think that I come from one side when I'm really on another. Yes. So, really, I'm always up front. And <laughs> yes. I found him to be extremely open. Mm -hmm. to you know to ideas and things and so that's what I would hope to do and I will bring my voice and I don't have a voice that backs down I don't have a loud voice but I really don't know what no means (laughs) and I've learned that no is just if if you keep on yeah with enough no's eventually someone gets tired and says yes yeah
0: yeah and and it's about changing that Uh, the paradigm shift that we keep talking about that we need to embrace as individuals. We know that change needs to occur because the system right now is not working. That's right. And therefore, we need to come in with different ideas, different perspectives, and
1: be the change. That's right. You know, simple things, simple things. Um, Meds, for example. Um, You know, if, we had a Pharmacare uh, right across this country where meds could be bought in bulk mm. and people could uh, receive them at a cheaper cost. Yeah. I'll use myself, for example. We'll take, let's set the meds aside because you really wouldn't want to do my meds. <laughs> but feeding tubes. Mm. Uh, a feed tube, I used to be able to get a feed tube. Uh, they were about maybe $18, $19 When you're purchasing them from the hospital, Mm -hmm. when your loved one reaches a certain age, then you're put out into what's called community. Now they're like $39. Same thing. Why the difference? Why do we have such an exuberant cost on all these things? What really bothers me is people profiting off of sick people. That really bothers me and something I will never stop fighting I got into this, actually, when my son, who has a very unique uh, condition that they have no name for, he was 35 months when they sent us from IWK to the funeral home because they didn't think that he would make it home. But during that time, of course, as a parent, you're fighting. You're always trying to fight for an answer. And we were just like robots. We didn't know how to function. Mm -hmm. And finally, I think we just tired the doctor asking questions and he said, we cannot justify wasting health care dollars on a terminal child. That moment, that second, that day, that's when we decide it. There will never be another mm-hmm. family in this province that will ever go through it. We go through without us putting our voice there. And for those who have no voice, we will become their voice. Mm-hmm. And for those who have no direction, we will become their direction. Mm-hmm. And so I don't do this as a – if I go all the way through – it's not a political platform for me. yeah. And that really bothers me when people use certain things for platform. It's not a platform for me. This is an opportunity to change people's lives, have an impact in there. That sounds idealistic, I understand. But mm-hmm. I know what it's like to fight. I know what it's like to bring down barriers. And I know what it's like to be challenged until your back's against the wall and you don't think there's any way out.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's
1: always a way out. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to lose hope but I also know what it is like to get your hope back real fast and go on to the next step. And so that's what I want to bring to the table.
0: Wow. Wow. Yay. And that's and that's what we need. We need people who are in the system who have that experience who can feel the emotion, the 100%. empathy, the and truly understand what it's like, like you said, to get up every morning and wonder what is today's challenge and the hope that I have to overcome that challenge.
1: We have a system where special foods formulas are mm. not covered. Mm. That People really can't afford these. I had someone come to me not so long ago just talking about boost and the increase on their fixed income. We have to do things about this. This yeah. is not right. We have people who go and they're diagnosed with sleep apneas. Mm, mm-hmm. And they're told, I, well, again, I can use my own personal, this what, you know, <laughs> a family member, told that, you know, if you don't get this machine, it's a life and death. Yeah, The machine's
0: $2,500. I'm aware. I have, no, I have one in my house as well. Yeah.
1: And nobody, <laughs> nobody can afford these machines. So we, we need to look at this and the Lions Club... Mm. Um, provides machines to the lung association who will refurbish them and put them out into community. Hats off to the lung association and to the Lions Club yeah. for doing this. Yeah. You know, but then when they go back, the cost of getting the equipment that goes with it, some people just can't do it. So we really need to think rethink how we do things, rethink how we treat people. Yeah. Because, you know. It's like I've always said, somebody's in the major car accident and you've patched them up, but if you're not going to be there through their chronic years to help them, then you better rethink what you're doing in the beginning because yeah. we owe it to one another to take care of one another.
0: Yeah, and it, and it is that mental health thing. I, I mean, for you, with a child that, you know, is chronically ill and he is still alive, although, you know, you were sent to the funeral home, um, you're volunteering has been part of your mental health journey.
1: 100%.
0: And, and it is one of the five pillars, you know, reaching out, helping other people. And in the process, you have been helped yourself right. by others that you've met along the way.
1: That's right. I mean, we were set aside mm-hmm. um, because uh, of an unknown condition. And I'm not the only one out there. There's yeah. lots of people who have the same, you know, things. I try not to because I talk about it, because I don't want people to feel sorry. I have the most unique little person. And even though every single day is a day he's going to die, Mm. he is amazing. I've learned so much from him, would never have picked this journey, but would never walk away from this journey because I've I've learned to see people for people Mm. and causes for what causes really are. And you learn very fast what's fake and what's real Mm -hmm. and so certainly wouldn't wouldn't trade any of the and so i feel that you know because this government is a sitting government um i want to have a voice at a table with a government that's actually in power yeah and so that's why i'm doing this i'm not looking for a job no i'm looking for a way to help yes you know uh, between new christmas and new year's i had three calls from three families touched by suicide we need to do something yeah.
0: Yeah. And and you and I have talked about that, mm-hmm. you know, at length about mm-hmm. how can we um potentially make some adjustments within mm-hmm. the healthcare system mm-hmm. so that money is allocated a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that unless uh, mir- a miracle comes um and all of a sudden we have tons of people to fulfill all the different job requirements that are out there in the healthcare system, we need to do things differently.
1: That's right. It's also part of the Shift Initiative, which is the first um, project that was done in the province for seniors. So I was pretty excited to be part of that uh, project, you know. And one of the things I like to tell seniors is, you know, since I'm one myself, I say, <laughs> I am a person, I yeah. am not this senior. As soon as you become a senior, you're no longer a mom, a person, a doctor, a friend, a teacher, no matter. You're just a senior. Oh, Mm. no, we're not. Mm. We bring a whole kit bag to that title. And so I tend to tell people, put that title to the side and realize your value. Mm -hmm. You are Mm. such a valuable person. And each and every one of us can have an impact if we just step forward.
0: Yeah. And the wisdom that individuals who are designated as senior have Mm the changes that they have experienced in their own life can only enrich the way we move forward if we allow them to have a voice. And right now, we have to. Our society has got to make change.
1: A hundred percent. You know, uh, the other thing is, too, I've always wondered why we don't use caregivers. They they have so much knowledge Mm -hmm. and training. And the difference between a caregiver at home and someone in the hospital is you learn how to think fast on your feet and you learn how to improvise really fast. I've learned at home how to plug a feed tube. I've learned how to fix a button with a piece of duoderm that calls it now a plug (laughs) and I've stopped the leak. You know, these are things that uh, you learn when you're um, at home. I have two things about home care. I think we have home care and we have hospital care in community Mm -hmm. and I, I push that and I'll never stop because with home care, uh, you just throw everybody under the same label, but when you have somebody who needs medical attention, mm. we need to move to a system that makes sure that those families get all the support that they can get, yeah. because when you do that, we can then fix a little bit on the mental health, because I always say we have two. We have systemic mental health from the system, yeah. and then we have clinical mental health. So if we help people get um, better adjusted in the systems, mm-hmm. then we could put the resources over to the clinical mental health health where it should be we should not have people i should not get up in the morning and wonder Mm. day after day after day if a food is covered if a med is covered that should not be part of what i do and no for everybody who thinks that i'm just advocating for handouts i'm not no i'm not but there's not a person around who actually puts in a special slip and um asks for a special needs child or a sick adult yeah. Uh, these are things that are beyond all of our control.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And and so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Donalda McIsaac. You're listening to Mental Health. Let's Talk About It on CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. Thanks for staying tuned into Mental Health. Let's Talk About It. I'm Charlene Pickram. And my guest is Donalda McIsaac. And we've been talking about several different issues um, regarding Donalda's perspective, where she is today, how she views things and having a voice and potentially taking that voice into the political ring. And so Donalda, I know one of the things you and I talked about in regards to, you know, being a political voice is that there's boundaries, right? So what are, what are, what's going to be some of your challenges if you are, um, elected and become an MLA for SACFUL Kabakud?
1: I think one of the biggest challenges is staying true to myself Yeah, and really knowing what I believe in is what I believe in and not just saying something because it's the right thing that somebody may want to hear. Mm. I'm not offensive. But oftentimes what we don't do is we just don't stand on the ground that we're supposed to stand on. And just this very short experience, I've watched how people really um, can be not nice necessarily to one another. And personally, I have to say, I have, I, look, I, honestly, I have just been humbled by the response that people have given to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, very kind, very open, Um, I haven't had anybody um, from door-to-door attacking. Mm. It's just been a very interesting journey. But I think the challenge is, and the challenge also too is I'm a fighter, Mm. but I'm also able to work collaboratively with a team and, and consensus. Come up with the right consensus. Actually, I'm not the type of person who likes a whole lot of unanimous things. (laughs) Because to me, when everybody's unanimous too often, we don't have enough diverse voices around the table. And it's those diverse voices where we're going to learn from one another. Um, I think another challenge for me is regardless of the stripes we wear, let's just work for what's best for community. What's mm-hmm. best for the people of Sackville Cubiquid? I want the best for Sackville Cubiquid, regardless of the stripe. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and that's what I love um, about you. And, you know, we've talked about it before is people have to get over their ego and what's happening right now
1: hundred percent,
0: and realize that we need to work together as a community for the betterment of community years
1: ahead. That's right. And that's one thing I like about this government, um, that this government does have a vision. Mm. And while we hear a lot of the negatives, the fact that this government does take steps to help battle poverty Mm. meant a lot to me. Healthcare is a big thing, and it is not just this one government's um, fault the way the healthcare system is. This is a system that's been going down the wrong trail for a long time. Yes. But, um, you know, we need to refocus mm-hmm. and bring it back on track, and it can be brought back on track. Mm.
0: And so, what about the education system? Because that's another big area that, you know, the Liberal government is looking at potentially. Um, finding more evidence-based practices to assist individuals in our school system, not only with their intellectual development, but their social-emotional development, their mental health, all of those different aspects. What, because you were a volunteer in the school system. Mm-hmm. You saw it yourself. You have had kids in the system.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what are your views on that? Wow. The education, education system is a whole different ball game. You know, it's easy to sit back and say this should be done and that should be done. We have a system where we're sending children into school where teachers aren't qualified to meet some of their needs. And I can say this because I have a special needs child. I did not put my child in the system because I did not want my child just in there for the sake of being in there. My child had the right to dignity as well. And when I say that, I'm talking strictly 100% personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a teacher or a special aid uh, person really uh, wouldn't be equipped enough to handle his seizures, his tubes his disruptions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's just one aspect of it. You know, I had one child who actually did go through the four plus program years ago and, uh, you know, pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Program was okay, but by the time my child got to primary, uh, he was bored Mm -hmm. because he had learned so much in the four plus program. So I think there's a lot of steps being taken. I can't speak too um, closely to what's going on in the system right now, Yes, but I do have grandchildren in the system, so I do care about what goes on in the system. And I think one of the things that I really am pleased with is that the SACs um, uh, are going to have a more active role. That frightens some people, I understand. But your school advisory council should have an active role as Mm -hmm. to what goes on in your school and then bring those um, issues forward. Yeah. I don't necessarily know about getting rid of the school board and making one great big system Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, um, it doesn't always work. No, It doesn't always work. And communities
0: need different things. Are you looking rural? Well,
1: I come out here from the city, and the Mm. thing that really surprised me once amalgamation took place is that children in Halifax were walking to school on a snowy day on the sidewalks, and kids out here are walking in the middle of the road. And I'm thinking, shouldn't you close the schools out here? But because it's all under one umbrella. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you put something under one umbrella, uh, I'm not saying that that's not a... uh, Good thing. I'm saying put it under the umbrella, but make sure you don't lose the individual um, community's needs in that process. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, we shouldn't always be afraid of changing things. No. So, changing them, that's okay, as long as we understand what we're doing and be willing to say, this isn't working, let's look at this and work it along its way, and you can come up with a system that works for everybody.
0: Yeah. I agree. And yes, change is scary. It is. And it is what most people resist. Um, but sometimes keeping things the way they are is hurting people more. That's right. And so, you know, that, and that's, you know, again, my perspective as well. So um, there, there appears to be more women in yes. politics now. Yes. Um, but... We're not seeing racial diversity. No, we're not. So you bring something extra to the table. So for those of you who, you know, are, are, can't see Dinalder or haven't seen her, she is a black woman and she is, yes, she's a beautiful black woman. <laughs> And, she, and, and she's very humble. She, you know, specifically tells me that she does not want me ranting about the fact that she's black and she's a woman and that's, you know, part of her platform and blah, blah, blah. But we have to recognize that being a woman and bl- being black brings different perspectives to the table and it's
1: what we need it does bring different perspectives the barriers are um you're always trying to break down the barrier but i am always mindful mm. that when i walk in the room i'm a black woman first no matter what i do and no matter what uh things i have accomplished yeah and uh that was actually something i was not i was always just me till 2010 with a very severe incident took place in 2010 and from then, I've been very aware, mm-hmm. you know, of who I am when I walk into a room. The reason I wouldn't step on a platform and push this as a platform is because I believe this is 2019. And I better be going on to something that I am qualified to do more than I am a woman or more than I am a black woman. Being a black woman is exactly who I am, but yeah. it is not what I will be defined as what I bring to the table. Mm -hmm. I bring a whole lot of experience to the table. But we need to open the door so that we have a more visually diverse um, council, Mm -hmm. more visually diverse legislature, more diverse parliament. Now, having said that, having said that, we also need to change the systems. Mm -hmm. Because if not, you're just putting diverse faces... Onto a system that's still as racist and bigoted and behind the times. And then it's worse. It's even harder to deal with, um, you know, deal with the sort of off a little tiny bit. Um, My world. Mm -hmm. I'm running for this position and it's 2019. And here we are still discussing police checks in Nova Scotia. I mean, Nova Scotia is considered the Mississippi of the North. That is not something that we want to be proud of. We want to change that. Yes. And the stigma here is so under the carpet. That's the problem. And if you do find yourself discriminated against or anything, you're too sensitive. Mm. I walk in stores and I'm followed. It's just that I'm just a little bit more grayer. So now when you follow me, I don't have a problem asking you why you're following me. Because I realize it's not the person. Mm -hmm. It's the way the system is set up for that person to do that. And, you know, um, yeah, it's it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's tough.
0: It's the unconscious bias. So whenever... 100%. Yeah, so whenever you're engaged, with an individual you have to be aware of that overshadowing perspective it's you know the systemic racism um you know we talked about the black cultural or uh the home for color home for color children you know you have some generational trauma
1: linked to the nova scotia home that's right right so that's right and I, i must say uh, governments before mm-hmm. refused to address this issue. Yes. This government, Stephen McNeil's government, actually did address this issue. And I don't think when the premier addressed it and apologized, I don't think even the premier realized the extent mm-hmm. and the impact of this. I've been through a couple of restorative circles that have been life-changing circles for me. Yeah, and, um, you know, we need to change the way we do things. And actually, I would like to see restorative circles used in many different areas because they are healing circles.
0: They're and also an opportunity to teach resiliency. A hundred percent. Resiliency, empathy. A hundred percent. Decrease the uh, backload in our justice system.
1: A hundred percent.
0: I mean, just... So many positive things with restorative uh, circles if they're done correctly and the facilitator knows what they're
1: doing. And, you know, I have to say, um, again, that's why I go back to what I said earlier. Um, Being, uh, you know, an African Nova Scotian woman with indigenous roots running for a liberal MLA position, I have every single thing that you need to be angry at me at your door. (laughs) And I have not received that. I mean, honestly, I have been humbled Mm. by how well I have been treated.
0: That's fantastic. So we're going to take uh, our final break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up our conversation with Donalda McIsaac. You're listening to CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. In the final segment of mental health, let's talk about it on CIOE 97.5 FM. I want to wrap up by focusing on positives. How can we as individuals enhance our awareness of mental health make positive choices to live well, and advocate for self and other when support is required. So right now in Sackville, what do you think are the special attributes of Sackful, of What do we have potentially that other communities don't have that oh we can lift up even further? Oh,
1: um, so I've always volunteered all my life. When I came to Sackville, what I found here that Jess has grown and grown and grown is this amazing group of volunteers who don't think of themselves as volunteers. Mm. You just think of what you're doing. You're doing it because it needs to be done and it's the right thing to do. I think that's the strongest point that Sackville has, helping one another. Um, If they need a warming center, someone has the idea. They put it in place, then someone opens up. Um, or opening up um, a restaurant in the bottom of um, Eldon's restaurant, The Hub, all these different things. Sackville is so vibrant Mm -hmm. with all these things, and we need to make sure that we don't lose them, Mm. and warmth. Mm. People here in Sackville are genuinely warm to one another, Um, and if somebody's not, they stand out like a sore thumb. Because people here really work for one another and help one another. Mm. When I came to Sackville 22 years ago, honestly, I cried all the way from Halifax, (laughs) all the way to Lower Sackville. (laughs) There was no Larry Utech. There was nothing. I cried when my husband laughed. I begged him. I threatened him with divorce. I threatened everything not to come to Sackville. Mm -hmm. I wanted to stay in the city. Um, You could not pay me to leave Sackville. Mm. This is my home. I've grown to love it. Um, yeah, it's a warm community, and that's why if I have the privilege to be the MLA here, I will make sure that sackville Quick gets every single thing this community needs to continue. Helping it to grow in the way it's growing, mm.
0: and and the other thing about Sackville that I have found very interesting because I grew up here. My parents moved while my mother was pregnant with me um, into the co-op here in the Sackville Kabakud Riding, and they're still there. They're still here, and I find that again and again and again when I talk to you know individuals of my age or uh, older individuals. They live still in the co-op homes that yes. they built yes. in their communities yes. with the neighbors still there. Yes. Like, it's a it's a family,
1: right? Well, I think one mm. was one of the things where, I mean, and I know all across, that's yeah, yeah. one thing, people really across the region were doing it. But here in Sackville... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barbecues were actually out at the front of the driveways. Yeah. Um, everybody were out with their power saws doing it. So let's let's move to to today. The last snowfalls that we had was just building up and building up, and I'm out shoveling. My neighbor comes across the street with his snowblower, the other neighbor comes down the street with his mm. snow blower and they have a neighbor next door. You know, and so everybody's moving snow for one another. Yes. And then you watch the plow doesn't necessarily do its job. Well, you know <laughs> what? There's the snow blowers out in the street moving the snow and part of me is thinking, no wonder they don't move our snow. Mm. You know, but there's that sense of community yes and I have to say coming from um, the city here that's what I learned was community so that when I look back at my life in the city mm-hmm. I now understand what community was and we had community strong community we just didn't recognize it in the same sense of community. yes yeah but yeah it's I it's just that uniqueness of wanting to help one another
0: yes and so i have two lovely neighbors as well who come with the snowblower and help us out as well um and you know we make sure that we kind of bake a little something for them for little treats and you know it's just it's very reassuring to know that somebody on the street is keeping an eye on you not that they're being
1: nosy they're just keeping an eye on you well, something that's just so special. So I have a neighbor that's across the street just slightly on an angle who knows that my son loves Mickey, oh, Mickey. with <laughs> Mickey. So he loves Mickey, he calls him Kiki, he loves Mickey. At Christmas, he has this huge blow-up Mickey oh. that he puts on the side of his house that faces my house. Mm-hmm. And now talk about consideration. Because he has a seizure disorder, blinking lights can cause him to seizure. Mm-hmm. No blinking lights. Yeah, yeah. No blinking lights. You know, that's called care. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: And and so just on that note, because we have a lot of conversations about health care and uh-huh. the cares taken out of health. Uh-huh. And I don't know how many minutes my producer is going to give me here. Um, but can we just touch on that? About health care and how, you know, your point of view on how the care is missing. Well,
1: my whole thing is, at 2014, I was chosen as Atlantic Region Caregiver of the Year and was flown to Banff, where I had the opportunity to speak uh, for several hundred care providers across the country. Sometimes uh, residents will come out to my home. Mm. But I always push the same thing. In the health care system, the health care system is geared around cures. They're always looking for cures. And when they can't find a cure, they set you to the side. Mm-hmm. And you must never set someone to the side. You must learn to care. So when we put care back in the system, we will find the cure in that care. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes when you care for somebody, they may not be able to receive a cure. But they will receive the care. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and that's so important because there's still an individual, no matter what stage of health, whether that's mental health, uh, mental illness, physical, we have, you know, spiritual, there's so many different forms of
1: areas where we can care for individuals. That's right. Care sometimes frightens people because sometimes you think it's a big thing. care sometimes is holding a hand. For example, for my little fellow, making sure when he lies down, you take your hand and rub it down his back. to Make sure there's no wrinkles there or creaming him. Mm-hmm. And he's able to point to you, <laughs> let you know he needs to be creamed. Or he doesn't know what it's like never to be hugged or kissed or held. Mm-hmm. He's never had a bit sore or a sore bum. That's from care. Yeah, And, you know, it breaks my heart, just breaks my heart when I hear of the bed sores that are so running rampant. When there's small things that can be done. Mm, I would never put him on a uh, anything other than a flannel sheet mm. because the flannel is softer on the body than, you know, the starched uh, sheets that are in the hospital. Small things like that. And, we, you know, when we have a system where we have bit sores, we need to look at that. Yeah. You know, because people need to be turned. They need to and that is care. It's all part of the care.
0: And it's dignity. but it's,
1: it's I always say think, what would you like done to oh. you if you were in that position? And yeah. oftentimes that's all it takes. You know, and but having said all of that,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, we have nurses and doctors and things in the system who are really doing a good job. They are. They're doing a fantastic job with the tools for which they have. So we just have to find a better way of working it all the way around so everybody comes to the place where people's Mm -hmm. needs are met. We shouldn't have people. um, You know, here's the thing. Going back to mental health again, when you go to a clinic Mm -hmm. and you're turned away from the clinic, Then you end up in the eMERGE department, and you turned away from the eMERGE department. To the individual that went there, the reason they went there is real to them. Yes. So those are the kind of things, when I say we look at the system, we can improve the system. And I realize that there are efforts in place to improve the system now, but sometimes it's just the very basic things that we keep overlooking that can make the most impact, Mm -hmm. you know, there in yeah. the
0: system. And, you know, I, I, truly believe that individuals who do provide care, mm-hmm. um, need the support, That's right. need the education, mm-hmm. need, um, to be able to be human, mm-hmm. um, in the way that they approach other individuals. And, you know, Our frontline workers, I think that they are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I think that they do the best they can in the Mm -hmm. system that we currently have Mm -hmm. um, and that they are the expertise that we need to reach out to, to ask what do we need to do to make the changes so that you can stay well, so that you can care that's for right.
1: our people. That's why I would like to see a system where you went to every department mm. and you said to that department, not to the head of the department, but to the actual frontline yes. workers in that department, what is it that you need that can make your job better? Yeah. What is it that I can do? And oftentimes you'll come away with a very shocking answer oh. because it may not be as deep as people think. But we need to engage the workers so that they know, the nurses and doctors and the uh, LPNs, everybody knows that they are a very vital part. Having said that, whenever I go to a hospital or an institution, I make it a point... Looking at someone that I think is overlooked, but I think is one of the most important people in the building, that's the cleaners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have their heads down, pushing their carts, and everybody walks past them, and I make sure I let them know, you yeah. know what, without you, this building closes. Yeah. So everybody plays a vital part in the system, and we need to start recognizing the people who are actually carrying out the work in the system. Yeah. I think one of the things that um, my fellow was going through a time anyways, his bag need to be filled mm-hmm. with formula. But the nurse was just feeling a little bit um, overwhelmed, and they tend to fall in love with him. And she was crying, and she turned, and she said, I am so sorry. I'm going to go and get somebody who can do this better today because it's just a little bit overwhelming for me. My husband said, oh, no, you don't. Mm. He says, I want you. I want someone who can feel a bag and feel at the same time. We have the right person, Mm. and that's what it's all about. You know, you don't expect people to be falling apart. Mm. But sometimes when we just connect with one another, that's where care is. Yeah, we
0: are human. That's right. We feel. That's right. And it's so important to allow individuals to feel and express themselves and appreciate and have gratitude for... That's right. You never know what's going on in somebody else's life, particularly when they care right. for each other. So, right. Donalda, I, I hope that, you know, you are successful and that you are my MLA, because, again, thank it's you. my riding. And I want to thank you for coming on today.
1: Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you.
0: And so on behalf of myself and my producer, Georgina Fitzpatrick, we want to thank you for listening and be empowered.